0: To Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview writers of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense books. I am your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 85. In this episode, you'll be meeting Brian Andrews and Jeffrey Wilson, the co-author team behind the number one best-selling Tier 1 series and other standalone thrillers. The Tier 1 series takes you into the world of covert operations written by Navy veterans who know covert ops. The fifth book in that series is Red Spectre, which is being released today, Tuesday, November 5th. I received an advanced copy of the book, and it was a lot of fun. It's an action-packed thriller. It has great action, suspense, great characters. I highly recommend you pick that up today. And I interviewed Brian and Jeffrey last week, and we chatted about co-authoring thrillers, their latest book, and a lot more. So stay tuned for that interview coming right up. Jeff, how are you guys doing this morning?
1: Doing great. Yeah, it's great to be with you, Alan. Thanks for having
0: us. Thank you. This is going to be a little strange for me. It's the first time I have two uh, uh, co-authors together, so uh, bear with me.
1: <laughs> well, and we're used to it, so we'll carry it for you. All right, perfect. <laughs> uh, so can you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, so um, Brian and I are both, I'll let Brian speak for himself, but we're both Navy veterans. I um, I've been in and out of the military. Actually, I started out in aviation before I got in a motorcycle accident and went and flew civilian for a while. And then uh, worked for other parts of the federal government for a couple of years before deciding to pursue a medical degree. So I went to medical school to live a life of peace and harmony. And then they crashed those planes into the towers, and it pissed me off. So I went back into the navy. And uh, after a deployment with the Marine Corps, I found myself recruited to work with a. Uh, Naval Special Warfare Unit um, on the East Coast, and made several deployments as a combat surgeon with a East Coast-based SEAL team. Um, so that's sort of that's sort of my story. Brian, what's your story?
2: Yeah, I was um, also in the Navy. I went to um, after college. I went uh, active duty in the submarine force. I was a officer on a fast attack nuclear submarine stationed out of Pearl Harbor, and then did. Uh, Submarine type stuff. And when when my tour was over, I went uh, to business school and, and got a, an MBA, started a business, did some entrepreneurial sh- stuff for um, a better part of a decade. And then, um, you know, always tell stories. And it's always been something I've been interested in. And uh, finally just decided, you know what, I'm going to give this a go and um, started uh, started writing, published my first book. Um, and I was in um, this organization, I joined this organization called ITW, the International Thriller Writers. They have great uh, for debut authors. And, and it just so turns out, uh, the year that my book was a debut, uh, so was Jeff. So we met at uh, this Thriller Fest conference in New York. And uh, that's sort of how our relationship got kicked off, uh, which led to uh, co-authoring and, and the Tier 1 series.
0: Ah, uh, it's so interesting. So you guys had already published uh, independently before you started writing together.
1: Yeah, we both had a we both had a couple of books out, and um, in fact, we continue to do a couple of independent projects. Although ninety percent of what we do or more is is co-authoring these days. We just signed a, a new deal, so we've got a new series coming. So we're not going to be doing too much on our own. But Brian has got a, an amazing book out right now called Reset, which is more of a speculative sci-fi bent that's really good so and I've done some supernatural thrillers so yeah we we've done a lot of stuff independently but I'll tell you once you co-author with someone who you really meld with it's hard to go back like I was sort of the reluctant person in going into the co-authoring when we first started talking about it I didn't see how it could work and now I think I'm the one that's like it's hard to me imagine not co-authoring now we're so efficient we have such a great system and we're it, not just us but with our developmental editor and other people that i can't imagine uh ruining the efficiency of what we've got going on
0: yeah your next uh your new book uh is a uh, red specter that comes out on november 5th and that's the fifth uh, book in the series right can you tell uh, for the listeners a little bit about the uh, series and and red specter
1: Sure. So the tier one series is the that's the books we're probably most known for. Uh, The tier one series is um, military covert operations thrillers uh, focusing on uh, an operator named John Dempsey. He's a former Navy SEAL whose entire unit was wiped out in an ambush. Uh, and he's offered the opportunity to count himself among the dead and find a new identity and join this super-secret organization called Ember, where he will be tasked with hunting down those responsible for killing all his brothers. Which he which he jumps on. Uh, one thing that we do a little differently than some of these thriller series is we tend to we tend to write these books in three book arcs, um, so sort of trilogies. The first three books, uh, Tier One and War Shadows and Crusader One. Focused on uh, what we call it our Persian trilogy, informally, but it focuses on Iran as the puppet master, the bad guys, and then in book four, American Operator, we shifted to um, the emerging Russian threat, uh, and we continue that thread in in book five as Dempsey and Team Ember. Uh, face that threat so it's been a lot of fun it's a it's a fun series to write um, especially with our background in the Navy we know a lot of people in the community and so it makes it very exciting
0: I noticed that one of the characters is a combat surgeon so now I know where that uh, where you drew <laughs> from that one
1: <laughs> yeah Dan Munn he's the man we love him he's, he's a really great character
0: and do you have more books uh, planned for the uh, tier one uh, series
2: yeah uh, book six is going to be released next year, and that will wrap up this Russia trilogy. So like Jeff was saying, uh, that'll be the third book in the Russian trilogy and the sixth book in the series. It's just in the infancy, sort of the brainstorming stages right now. We plan to get to work on that uh, pretty soon. And then like Jeff was saying, we're, we're very excited. We have a second series. We just signed a three-book contract with Blackstone Publishing. And this new series is called Sons of War. And that series is going to focus on, um, one of the characters who's made repeat appearances in the tier one series. His name is a uh, Lieutenant Commander Keith Redman. He goes by the handle chunk and he is a seal and he's been sort of roped into a bunch of operations with Dempsey and his gang from time to time. And, uh, He's just been this great fan favorite. And, you know, we get emails from people all the time saying, hey, we want more Chunk. We love this guy. Um, can we see more of him? And so Jeff and I thought, you know, in the fictional tier one world, for those fans that have been following it from the beginning, you will know that it's targeted by terrorists and the unit is destined. Throughout the series, you know, the intelligence community and special operations have been dealing with the aftermath of that. You know, it's finally time for that unit to get reconstituted and stood back up. It just makes sense that uh, Chunk would be a part of that, and it's it's exciting for us too because it's going to regain a lot of that initial feel that you that our readers first got from from the original Tier One book um, when there's just a lot of seal action. And so that's that's what's going to happen. It's going to be happening in the same world as Tier One, just parallel uh, stories in the same universe.
0: And so, we, before you guys started to write your books, were you fans of the uh, thriller genre as readers? Oh yeah, for
1: sure. I mean, I I think I, probably we both are like most thriller readers. Like I definitely have grown up reading these these books. I was a huge Robert Ludlum fan when I was a kid, and you know the the spy thrillers, John Le Carre, those those books. Always loved them. I liked um, the Clancy books, but. I liked other stuff too. I loved Stephen King and Dean Koontz. So I loved a whole spectrum uh, from of subgenres within the thrillers. I think that's probably pretty common among thriller readers. But for sure, I've always enjoyed military and covert operations thrillers. Um, so it's really fun to be writing in a in a genre you sort of grew up in.
0: And how long did it take you when you when you decided that you were gonna to try to write a book? I mean, this how was that first one? Was it as painful as it is for <laughs> most people I've interviewed? <laughs>
1: uh, I'll, uh, Brian and I might have a different story there. You know, my thing, uh, Alan, is I've I've done a lot of different things. I've got this weird bio that reads as much like fiction as our books, and uh, so I've done so many different things. But the one thread for me has always been writing. So. I've been writing my whole life since I was a child. I published my first short story when I was like 14 years old. And and so writing has just sort of been this thread that I've always had throughout my life. So as a younger man, I didn't think I had the attention span to write a full-length novel. But once I sat down and wrote my first one, I actually found it very liberating, very freeing. I found actually that it's quite a bit easier than writing a short story because you don't have – a limit on how many pages and words you can use to tell your character story and bring them to life and get to know them. So I think before I met Brian, I probably took me, I had three books that I had done before we started the tier one series, maybe four. And on the average, it would take me about nine 10 months to write a book. And of course, working with Brian, and I'm sure we'll talk later about how we do our books, but uh, it now is down to about three and a half or four months for us to write a book together. So I didn't find the first experience to be all that painful. Intimidating, but once I got going, it wasn't that painful.
2: Yeah, and I would say for me, before I met Jeff, it would take me five to eight years to write a book. (laughs) 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 And I started my first one like 2003, And I I didn't finally get it published till 2012, you know, and I think what's great about, we talk about this a lot, but what's great about co-authoring is that, you know, it's kind of like when you're trying to motivate to, to work out, you know, if you're working out by yourself, it's easy to give yourself a free pass or to put things off or to maybe not push yourself that day or, or whatever. But when you're doing this with somebody else, when it's a team, you know, back to this military sort of model of teamwork and brotherhood collaboration. We're, we're pushing this ball, you know, down the field together. And uh, so now, you know, like every day, uh, you know, we're motivated, I'm motivated, and, and, and there's progress made. And so, like Jeff said, I mean, to think that it took me so long to write the first book by myself and now Jeff and I can brainstorm a book and, and have a completed manuscript four months later. I mean, that's, that's just life changing. And it's a, it's a lot more fun to be able to uh, work with somebody who uh, has great ideas, thinks of things that you wouldn't think of and, and uh, contributes in a way that, you you know, outside the box ideas that you might never contemplate on your own.
0: I find that such a fascinating, um, uh- Uh, teamwork uh, for writing especially uh, uh i think jeff mentioned you guys are thousands of miles live thousands of miles apart from each other so how does that whole process work for you guys
1: Way better living far apart.
0: <laughs>
1: um, Brian, Brian and I are, are best friends, and that's um, fun and great. But I think that if we lived in the same town, we'd never get any real work done because we would just screw around too much. Uh, in fact, even on our phone conferences, sometimes it devolves rather rapidly. So the the distance is actually helpful. but. The way that we do a book doesn't require us to be in the same room anyway. We brainstorm these books, um, each book that we've ever written. We sort of brainstorm the big idea of the book and sort of the story arc and where we want to go, and then we divide it into three acts. And we don't really outline. We sort of do a bullet outline of the first third of the book, and we divide it into chapters. So our outline will look like. You know two sentence bullets of what whose POV it is and what we're trying to accomplish. And then what Brian and I do is we divide and conquer. So we're writing simultaneously, which is one of the reasons that it's so fast and efficient. So he might be writing chapters one, two, four, seven, and I'm writing the other chapters. We talk on the phone two or three times a day uh, to make sure we're on the same page. And every time we get three or four chapters done, we swap them. So we'll take a pause, we'll swap chapters. And then we rewrite each other's chapters so that they have a constant voice. And then those go into the master file and we continue moving on. So us being far apart, other than the social aspects of it helping, probably has zero impact on what we're doing because we're writing simultaneously anyway. And we don't need to be sitting in the, in an office together quietly tapping on our computers for that to work. So it's um it might be a little different than some other co-authors do but for us it's very efficient it's also very very fun uh, because we're sort of more like two eight-year-olds in the backyard playing soldier and saying oh what if this happened what if this happened what if this happened and so there's that constant communication to make the story better Um, so a little different from some folks maybe i think but um, definitely a lot of fun
0: how much research goes into into writing these books
1: I mean, there's definitely research, you know, especially the geopolitical stuff and geography stuff. Um, I think that most of our readers would agree that our, our stories tend to be very, very character driven. Um, and so that part requires almost no research. Both of us have had the honor of serving alongside some amazing men and women. And so the characters that we develop are sort of amalgams of real people that we've known and served with. Um, and some of the stories are inspired. They're not Telling any stories that are, you know, from our military background, but they're inspired by those and how we know our our brothers and friends in the community would operate in our fictitious uh, scenario. So, um, like any thriller writer, there's obviously some research that goes into uh, the geopolitics and such. But for us, it's it's maybe a little easier because we've lived and worked in that community. Would you agree with that, Brian?
2: Oh, definitely. I think um, once you establish The universe for your series, your characters, once you have that universe established, that's kind of the heavy lift. And after that, it's the research is really specific to each particular book. So for example, like with Red Spectre, we always look at the particular geopolitics that are happening at any given time. So like when we're starting to research, you know, we started researching this book a year ago. Uh, we try to look at current politics and then extrapolate. And we say, okay, well, what if uh, this happened? What would be the geopolitical ramifications? And a lot of times then, once you establish that big what-if question, we settle on what that's going to be. Then uh, then the research, like Jeff said, is getting into sort of the specific details of uh, whatever that is. So like in, in Red Spectre, we focus a lot on... Um, Russian gas to the Baltics and, uh, and Europe, because that Russian gas supply is uh, just a giant lever that Russia can use to influence uh, the, the politics of, of their neighbors, because uh, that natural gas is the fuel that those other countries' economies run on. And as Russia has a monopoly in supplying natural gas to a lot of these countries, that's, that's a big hammer to wield. So we need to understand, you know, how does the natural gas get uh, uh, transmitted to these countries? What, what are the mechanisms? What are the who are the players? You know, if you want to disrupt the natural gas flow, what would what would happen, and why would countries be interested in doing that and stuff? So, to make that authentic, you got You got to understand that particular industry, and we didn't understand that industry that well until we got into the research. But it's, it's just a minor part of the book. It's the characters and the plot uh, surrounding whatever that inciting incident is uh, that really motivate the readers and, and make you want to turn the page.
0: Yeah, Respect is very timely now with the whole Russian uh, – with everything that's going on with Russia. Uh, is that something that you guys uh, – you saw in the news and you're kind of interested in, in delving into that area?
1: I would love to tell you that we're geniuses. Um <laughs> but I would be lying and everyone would know it, so I'm not gonna, you know. It, it does make us sound, because if you look at the timing when the American Operator was written and actually book three set it up, so that was even longer ago, it does make us look rather prescient, but I can tell you that there's a lot of luck <laughs> that it happens sometimes when you write geopolitical thrillers, and and this is an example. And we were, we've been very lucky um, that, you know, some of the concepts that we're interested in are certainly driven by current events, um, but things have unfolded for us more than once over this series where it makes us look way smarter than we are. So we're not going to take credit for anything but luck, I think, there.
0: Yeah, well, now, now there's a in the news, the new mission where they got the that, uh, Abu Bakar Al-Bagardi or whatever. Uh, they just got him a couple of days ago as, a, as we we're recording this. So that's kind of timely, too, with uh, reading Red Spectre, the way the teams operate.
1: Yeah, and with uh, American Operator occurring in Syria, and we talk a lot of in American Operator about the, you know, it's not the thrust of the book, but as a backdrop, we talk about the distribution of forces in Syria and the problems associated with it, who should and shouldn't be there, not taking a stand, but just including that as um, relevant real-world uh, backdrop uh, for that story. So, yeah, again, Syria coming up, and especially that region of Syria coming up, you know, we were conducting um, some last- operations prior to withdrawing troops in towns like Manbij that are uh, the focus of American operators so yeah sometimes it's kind of fun when you write something and you look on a map and you use this town and then <laughs> six months later it's on the news You're like oh that, that worked out well for us
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I remember that was with Clancy too he, he would write stuff and then a couple of years later it would like happened <laughs>
1: Yep. Right, and at some point with Clancy, you wonder which was driving which.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, do you still have time to read thrillers or?
2: No, I think that uh, we love to read thrillers, and these days, you know, because we're part of the thriller writing community, um, you know, we try to take an active role, helping other authors with the, you know, um, blurbs, you know, basically endorsements. Uh, just like authors had done for us when we were getting started. I mean, that's an important part of this community is that authors support each other. And, uh, you know, we had uh, Jeff and I are just so grateful, you know, people like John Land, you know, who just went out of his way on so many occasions to uh, introduce us to people and to read our books and give us feedback and provide endorsements. and, And those things go a long way. And so now, you know, Jeff and I are in the position where we can Return the favor for other authors. So you know we we like to read uh, our our peers' uh, new new books. They ask us to read them, and 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 it's amazing how good the work is. You know, like uh, Jeff and I just read. Uh, we're fortunate enough to read Don Bentley's um, "Without Sanction" uh, an advanced reader copy. Um, you know, and it, it's a six months before that book comes out. But you know, it's it's fantastic work. And uh, you know we're really really excited to talk it up because we think it's gonna it's gonna do a great great things in the market.
0: And uh, so you say you're, you're next now you're working your next three books for uh, or the next trilogy for uh, for tier one and that's gonna the first one of that one's gonna be out next year. Can you tell us a little bit about the about that or is it all under wraps still?
1: Well, that's probably still under wraps and that's the book coming out um, end of summer probably uh, book six. Uh, in this one it will be we'll wrap up this trilogy and then we'll we'll be scratching our heads about where to take Dempsey and Team Ember next. So um one more book in book six we will finalize the Russian trilogy. So we're working on that and then of course we're getting busier because of this new series. So we're we're wrapping up the first book in that one already. So it'll be a little bit more of a juggling act as we move forward uh, with these two series running in parallel, but it's it's definitely fun. So book six will finish up the Russian trilogy and then definitely we're keeping it close to the vest. what happens next
0: i really love your cover of red specter um the artwork is uh is pretty awesome <laughs> yeah
1: that's an awesome one that's maybe one of our favorite covers i thought american operator took it to a new level and they they definitely held it with this one but yeah we love the cover art on this book
0: uh we do before i let you go we do have some uh, aspiring writers i know that listen to this podcast uh, any advice uh, for someone who who's starting out or trying to get that first book written
1: you know it's it's hard not to sound trite, but um, the the advice um, that I give people when I talk to them is just keep writing. I mean, I think it's easy to get discouraged in this business. The writing part oftentimes is the easiest part. The business side of this of this industry is is brutal at times. I've been very blessed, as Brian has, very lucky uh, that we fell in. We met each other. We got this series going. We've got an amazing agent and Gina Panateri. Um, Just what a gift she's been to our our career, these tremendous friends at uh, ITW and Thriller Fest. But the writing part, you just have to keep writing and believe that you have a passion for what you do. You just got to get the books written and then start um, working on the business side of it. But you just can't be discouraged. You just got to keep going. Make sure you're writing stuff you care about. Don't look for market trends. Don't look for what the next big thing is. You write what you love and when the time is right. It'll it'll come out for sure. But um, get yourself part of ITW or another organization like that where you can network with other writers, where you can be in community with other writers. That does more for your career than anything else.
2: Yeah, I think that Jeff really nailed it there. The, those two comments, you know, don't stop writing, write every day, and then become part of the writing community. And I the the one you know thing I, I if the, if there is a trend that I've seen for writers who are struggling to break into the industry. It tends to be this idea that they really latch on to one particular book. Maybe it's their first book or their second book. It's you know they've spent so long on a particular story that they are committed to. This is the book I'm going to write. This is the book I'm going to sell. And um, if it's not gaining traction or you haven't placed it, you know it's okay to put that book in the drawer and start over because. If you have, if you're going to become professional author, you're going to be writing lots of books. So you need to get in the habit of this idea that it's not just a one and done type of thing. You're you're going to need to come up with new ideas every six months and and tell lots of stories. So uh, if the first one's not gaining traction. That's okay. You, everybody learns by failure. So if the first one's not hitting move on to the next one, move on to the next one. And uh, I think if you hear, if you talk to authors, most successful authors, published authors, most of them will tell you that it's not their first book that launched their career. It might be the first book that got them writing, but it's not the one that launched their career.
0: Great. Thank you so much. That's uh, uh, awesome advice. And I want to thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast and uh, good luck with the uh, Red Spector coming out.
1: Thanks so much, Alan. Thanks for having us, man. Any time we can come back, we'd love to enjoy talking to you.
0: All right. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Meet the Thriller Author podcast. Be sure to visit thrillerauthors.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover great thrilling reads. If you enjoy the podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe, uh, rate, and give a review uh, to it, wherever it is that you're listening to this uh, podcast, be it uh, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher TuneIn Spotify uh, wherever it is that you're uh, listening to this right now I would appreciate it and uh, please do check out my own thriller novels over at my website at alanpeterson.com until next time